I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 53 of the T-Row and Funky Show. Brought to you, as always, by Defense Soap Defend, which you have built, and now Dollar Mats. Tommy, uh, we got a fun show tonight. We're gonna do our, our top five things, uh, top five wrestling events of 2016. And, you know, you showed me your list, and we, we actually have the same five, and in a very slightly different order. So we got five things to talk about. Um, there really wasn't a whole lot that happened last weekend in the wrestling world. I'll tell you, here in Wisconsin, we had a, a big snowstorm and a polar vortex, and literally every single holiday tournament except two, or every single tournament that we can get canceled except two, and they were at about... You, 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 you Wisconsin guys are what? a bunch a bunch of cupcakes. <laughs> you, you won't travel out of state, and inside uh, your own... Inside your own damn state, if you get a little sleet on the ground, you can't blow all the tournaments. Well, you know, in all fairness, it was 10 inches, Tommy. It was a little more than a little sleet. <laughs> and there was a polar vortex in it was a high of negative four on Sunday. So, um, You know, it was really cold. It was cold down here in Ohio, like bitterly, bitterly cold bad. this weekend. It was bad, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so really the only things that happened... Uh, 53, before we get into it, 53 episodes, man. That's over a year's worth. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're getting it done, brother. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, so Oklahoma State Cornell, and I was actually talking to Martin Floriani, who was the founder of Flow yesterday, and he was like, ah, we got so much work to do. We need to get so much better. I said, Martin... You realize how far you've brought this sport? I sit home on Friday night and watch a dual meet. Because the last two Friday nights I've sat home and watched a dual meet. Um, this Friday was uh, Oklahoma State Cornell. So just to be able to sit on my couch and watch a wrestling match, Tommy, people are so spoiled today, they don't realize 10 years ago that didn't exist, right? Yeah, it, it's amazing. The, 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 the effect and impact that Flow Wrestling has had on the global wrestling community, we could talk about this for hours because there's there's – there's a lot of direct benefit, like you mentioned, Ben, with watching streaming duels from your couch, so on and so forth. But there's, I think there's even more indirect benefit of what Flow Wrestling has done. You know, they were at the, you know, the, the frontier of, of just, you know, how things transpired on the Internet over the past 10 or 12 years. I mean, I know the Internet was around long before Flow, but you know what I mean. They really maximized the value of the Internet with the sport. And, you know, it's just different. I think wrestling is better. Uh, technique is better for younger kids. There's just I could get into like a hundred different reasons as to yeah. how slow wrestling has affected wrestling. Sure, sure. Um, I, I would say uh, Gabe Dean is significantly more impressive than, than last year. And, you know, the only reason um, I think it's so advanced is, is his high single. His high single is changing everything for him. It's, it's opening a lot of doors. Uh, and I don't know if you got to watch his match against Nolan Boyd, but Nolan Boyd actually beat him last year. Um, he put a whooping on Nolan Boyd. I mean, he, he beat him the good old beatdown. Right. He got a major, right? I didn't get he, Yeah, he got match. a major. So he, he's bonused every single match this year. Um, and, you know, Tommy, my goal my last two years of college was to bonus every single match for the year. And I and – I, did not bonus in four of my matches in both my junior and senior year. And so I always follow people who are, who are bonusing a lot. And uh-huh. I believe David Taylor had a year where he only had three non-bonus matches. And then Zane, I think, had three non-bonus matches as well. Um, but, you know, no one's, got, no one's bonused through the entire season ever. I would say Zane and Noel have a chance this year. And then obviously Dean's no bonus every match, but he does definitely have a stronger field to contend with. Um, yeah, I don't see. I mean, Gabe Dean's incredible, but I don't see him bonusing through the season. 
Yeah, I don't either. Well, you think North Nolan for Rutherford have a chance? Who? <laughs> is, 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 was that a serious question? Well, yeah, I think you have oh, some mumbles mum- in your mouth. Was there. that mumbling? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Nolf uh, uh, or Rutherford? Yeah. Yes. Um, I actually think uh, Nolf has a shot. You know who uh, I think is going to give Nolf trouble, and no one's talking about it. I George think, Smith. No. Well, maybe, but maybe not. I think Michael Kemmerer is going to. They they were practice partners at Young Guns, right? And everybody knows who wrestles you the closest. Your practice partners, right? For sure. So for they sure. know they know each other. And you know, I watch Michael Kemmerer, and I have not been overly impressed by him. But I think I think that familiarity is going to play into it a little bit. You know, I'm not sure yet. Uh, we'll see. I'm with you. I you think, think so? it's a great point. I think that's a great point. Um. Okay. So you ready to get on this top five list or what? Oh, wait, wait. I was. I'm sorry. I want to make one more point, Tommy. If it's okay. Do it, man. Let's go. Uh, Let's go. Oklahoma State. This is both uh, a plus for Oklahoma State and an indictment of Reno. Oklahoma State won Reno with their JV team. Yeah, Reno's not what it used to be, man. That's crazy, right? Is that crazy or is that crazy? It is. It is crazy. And Oklahoma State winning with their JV squad is very impressive. Yeah, Penn State. Well, couldn't had, make it. Uh, Penn State was State supposed to be there, but they had a they had a ice on their plane or something. Yeah, and then Okie State, um, their forty-one pounder took out Bryce Meredith over the weekend. The backup. I know. Crazy. That's impressive, right? Crazy. crazy. That's crazy. That's depth right there. <laughs> but he's probably never going to see the light of day because he's got Dean Heil and Anthony Colica. In front of him, so I don't know if he's ever going to see the light of day. I know two Ohio boys. That's got to be tough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it always comes back to Ohio. Well, they signed with the wrong OSU. They didn't even know what their letters of intent said. They were, so they were confused it was an accident. It was an accident. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so you you want to lead off? You know, I don't know how we should do this top five since we both have the same exact five. Um, since we both have the exact same five. I think that, you know, I th- I think you could just go and then so I'll, t- I'll have, talk more about So we have the mouth. exact same top five. Let's name them what the five of them are, and then we'll we'll, we'll, we'll say, like, all right, and you put that at number, and then we'll go from there. You all right, I mean? so your number five. Go ahead with your number five. My number five is Jordan Burroughs not meddling in people. Well, first of all, I kind of let the cat out here. These aren't the best wrestling stories. These aren't—they're the biggest. They don't have to be. They don't have to be um, wrestling competition related. It's just the five biggest stories in the wrestling world in 2016. Yes, exactly. So the term "biggest" is the biggest stories in the wrestling world. Sure, that's my fair. number five. My number five is Jordan Burroughs not meddling in Rio. I don't like bringing up, you know, what will be perceived as negative stories, but obviously, Ben, it's a big story. It's a so huge it. story, Tommy. It's huge. I, I had it at four. Okay, I had it at five. So we're we're, we're right we're right there. Uh, you know, it's a huge story because Burroughs has used social media to become essentially. Um, obviously, now there's wrestlers who are now doing other things that are more popular, but essentially, the most popular wrestling wrestler. <laughs> Of all time, does that make any sense? Yeah, like, I would. I would say that the percentage of wrestlers that know who Jordan Burroughs is 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 as high as any athlete in the history of the sport, and that's including Dan Gable. Yeah, one hundred percent. And um, I would he, say if you pulled a hundred random wrestlers across the state. What would you think, Ben? 85, 90 of them? It, it's, yeah, it's, everybody knows him. You know, when you say Jordan Rose. And, you know, part of it, like I said, social media. Social media has got 278,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and, you know, he's learned how to leverage that to make his brand big, which is fantastic for him. But, yeah, I, Tommy, I, I would definitely say it's 85, 90% of people know who Jordan Burroughs is. And he's bigger than any And do you think, you think Gable is number two in that category for I, see, their 
Obviously, it's hard because we, you know, neither of us existed in that era, Tommy. And so, you know, part of Gable's legacy became when he was a coach and had so much success as well. So, I don't know, you know, how big was Dan Gable in 1974, two years after he won the Olympics? I don't know. I, you know, I think he was pretty damn big, but I'm still not sure about it. I would say he's number two, though. Yeah, and then you know, uh, I mean, John and then, Smith. And then, but uh, you know, I'll give I'll give Kale three, maybe John three, but I'll probably not give Kale, Kale probably. Then. Kale but, three, then John four. You mean you see you, these guys today though? Because you know, well, I mean, we go, again we go back to flow, right? Um, you know, if you're in John Smith's era or Dan Gable's era, you literally have to only follow what's on the TV, and there's no wrestling on the TV. And you know, I remember Coach Smith at the University of Missouri talking about. I was I was ragging on AW uh, amateur wrestling news, and he's like, "Ben, you don't understand. When I was in college, we literally all waited for these to come out so we could read the box scores to see who beat who in dual meets." You Isn't know, that I mean, amazing? Just the, the dissemination of information today that's available to us. I mean, I take for granted that I can go on to uh, track wrestling and and click on seasons and and look through every dual meet result. You know. Um, so I mean, well, I remember when I was in high school, and this kind of dates me a little bit, but, uh-oh. like, I remember when I was in high school, like, my freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, on Sunday, um, you know, because I was really into, you know, I wanted to be a state champ, and on Sunday, my dad and I would get in the car and we'd drive to UDF. And wait, wait, would, what? Um, you got to tell, what's UDF? Okay, sorry, it's, it's United Dairy Farmers, it's a gas okay. station slash, slash convenience store. Okay. Um and it's popular in Ohio. And we drive to UDF about two miles down the road, and we buy the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the Cincinnati Enquirer, the Dayton Daily News, the Columbus Dispatch is where I live, and I would read all the results for all really? the highway class. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know what? In my era, I couldn't look online. You know, I'm not too far behind you, and I don't think I could look online right. either. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think about that. It is amazing. In high school, that's what I did, man, every Sunday morning. Every yeah. Sunday morning during wow. the season. Um, yeah. I think in my era, there was the, you know the forums coming around, so you could start to kind of um, – people would be putting information up on that, and you didn't know if it was, it was yeah, no right Yeah, and that's, right that's what it was or... like in college. So it was like that for me in college, man. The forums were like just getting out there when I was in college. Yeah. And so you know what? I would almost say, Tommy, that – you know, some of these guys, if we're talking about all-time popularity of wrestlers, some of these more modern-era guys like a David Taylor, for example, was so po- – I mean, he's so popular within our club. Um, or, uh, you know, Logan Steber or Kyle Dake, Imar. Um, you know, even Nolf. You know that little roll Nolf hit there the other day? I was seeing right. on Facebook, it had a million point three views. Um, right. I mean, just astronomical. So the, the coverage he's got, which is kudos to Flow, but it's also all about the social media. Um, so wrestling people are able to follow wrestling better than they've ever followed it ever. I mean, I sat on my couch and watched a freaking duel meet last two Fridays. Yeah, I know. It's wild. Awesome. So, so to your point, to our, our to go back to our original point, Burroughs is bigger than any. Any wrestler ever in the history of American wrestling? I mean, more popular. I would say that's a, I would say that's a fair statement. I don't think you 100%. could refute that. It's hard. It would be hard to refute. So at any rate, it was it was sad and disappointing that he came up short. But it's a huge story. Huge. It is. Um, and you know, I don't know that there was one person picking against Burroughs. And obviously, when, when we saw Gadeev round two, we knew that was the toughest match he could have. Uh, but you know, Burrow, and maybe because it's been so long since he's been in a loser's bracket. I mean, almost never. But you know, I remember the few times in college he was in the wrestle the wrestlebacks. Um, it, it wasn't again; it wasn't a lot. It was early in his career. But you never saw um, you never saw that out of him where it wasn't the same guy or the same performance. And right, um, right. You know, really, when you saw that wrestleback, you thought, "Ah, oh, no problem. He's going to take third place." I mean, he's, yeah, we, he's, we saw we saw we saw the human side of JP. Yeah. So that that was shocking. And, you know, now I, th- I think it almost, it leads into a bigger story for 2017 because it's like, is he going to come back and be the same guy he was? And, has and, has and this loss changed him forever? I don't know, Tom. We don't know. Ben. I'm, Maybe. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm kind of a uh, nostalgic type of guy. Yeah. And I, I, I got to be perfectly honest with you. If Jordan Burroughs makes the team and wins the gold, to me, 
his legacy becomes maybe not better, but it it's more special to sure, me sure. because it's like it's like the circle of life in yeah. the sport of wrestling, you know, before your eyes because peaks, valleys, everything in between, and I think it'd be awesome. No, I mean you're 100 percent right. Um, you know, and and one guy who I, I don't love him particularly. But you saw the fall didn't hurt him was Conor McGregor this year. You know he gets beat up by Nate Diaz where no one expected to, and Nate Diaz is you know was a five and five fighter, and you thought okay this is going to kind of really knock him down some rungs, and somehow some way him coming back and beating Nate Diaz again made him bigger than he ever was. So oh yeah, I, I think, agree. I think um, you know the story of bouncing back from that defeat or that adversity is a good one, and you know he's not going to have an easy road to do it because Alex Dears is looking pretty damn good. Kyle Dake's coming back down to seventy four kilos. You're going to throw Isaiah Martinez in there, likely. You're going to throw Mark Hall, Jr. world champion, in there. Um, it's probably and then I, th- I think and then I think the whole world, the whole world, if he does get through that gauntlet, the whole world just views it differently when they compete yeah. with him now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he was, um, you know, I don't want to say unbeatable, but essentially unbeatable for a couple of years there. Yeah, and then and then, let's be honest. I mean, he lost his mojo, whether he's recaptured it or not. You seen, but Joe, you know, I mean, he's down and out, and so for him to you know, collect himself, come back, and win a world championship, to me, it'd be just like it'd be awesome. I'd love it. Yeah, I, I think that would be an amazing story, and I'd be excited. I'm excited to follow it. I'm excited to see, you know. What was that article? He said maybe he'll compete again. Maybe he'll see us again. I'm excited to see him compete again. I don't, you know, he hasn't made an announcement oh, yeah. of when that's going to be. Maybe he's going to wait to the U.S. Open. I'm not really sure, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see him get out there and compete again. No doubt, no doubt. So who did you have? What did you have for four? Well, for four was Burroughs for me. So five um, was kind of the same as your four. I phrased it. I said specifically Gwizdowski versus Snyder. And and you said NCA at Madison Square Garden, um, so I guess you, you paid a little you, you broader picture. Why, you want to know why I didn't say Snyder Because <laughs> I'd call you a homer. Because you'd call me a homer, and I already got Snyder in another one. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I'm yeah. not doing this. Ben's, everyone's going to falsely accuse me of a Buckeye homer. Um, so I put NCAA's at MSG, which I do think you know. T- and so yeah, so your five was that my four, Ben? Hold on. Yeah, so we, I got we flip flop five and four. Yeah, so I have so so your five is basically the same as my four because when I said NCA's MSG, it originally started the Snyder Gwiz match, but that match would not have been that match if it weren't in Madison Square Garden. Oh, I mean, it added a little bit. You think it? Added, I mean, I like the storyline oh, in Madison say, Square Garden, but Snyder for versus me, Gwiz. For me, for me, that was for me that was like twenty percent of it. Really? Yeah, that was freaking awesome. Wow! Just the thought of like two colossal, yeah, giant, yeah, larger than life heavyweights. You know, it it all it reminded me of like a famous heavyweight boxing match in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And and, like and, the, and and the match lived up to the billing. On top of everything else, the match was as good as it was supposed to be. And the whole finals, the whole NCAA the finals, whole finals. Was one of the best finals I've ever seen. Yep, it was on fire. I mean, the whole NCAA Finals, there really was uh, action from start to finish. It was a fantastic Finals. Um, I hope we get a show like that in St. Louis this year. But, yeah, the, the capping that off, capping the, the New York City off um, with Snyder vs. Gwiz and the way that match played out, um, it was amazing. It was a great night. I loved it. Um, and but I, yeah, and neither, I th- neither one of us was there. Neither one of them, man, that's disappointing. So disappointing. Um, and, I, you know, on a side note to that, I, I, did, I did write down all, all my biggest stories, and a bunch didn't make it. Um, I, thought, I thought Derringer winning number three and winning the Hodge, you know, I think that's somewhere right below number five. And then, Fever winning gold. Um, oh, my God. I left that off my list. What the hell? Yeah. Well, and then what, I just want to have... If I had Snyder quiz, Snyder uh, what would you have said about me? I would have laughed. <laughs> um, but then Penn State regaining form, um, yep, I thought was, was an interesting storyline. You know, I, I put it at number six actually on my list. Um, but you know, they they, they kind of redshirted everybody in 2015. They were they dropped down to I believe seventh place after winning um, after winning a whole bunch in a row. And so it's kind of that year to see, hey, can they actually come back? And they. You know, they needed a lot of freshmen to do it. They had this freshman class that was 
very highly touted, and the freshman class came through. They got it done, and, and they won. And so now um, it's like, can and you know, so this you know, like the Burroughs, this leads into 2017. Can Penn State do it again? Yep, that's I, exactly right. Yeah, and, that was right up there for me too. Not not top five, but yeah, the fact that they. Did they win four or five in a row before they took the I, year I, out? I believe it was four. I believe it was 11, 12, 13. So they, won, they won four in a row. Then Ohio State came in, won their first title. Penn State goes in there, regains form, um, you know, wins again. And, you know, so this is, this is a run. They're on quite a run, and it'll be interesting this year. This year, I feel like – I know last year was tight, a tight race with between three or four teams. I think this year's tighter. You think so? I do. I think this year's tighter. Whew. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. And I think we've talked about this point of, um, you know, how many top teams there are this year. And it's Oklahoma State looked really good against Cornell. Um, at some spots, and at some spots they looked really vulnerable. Um, yeah, I know. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, they have a good lineup top to bottom. You know, Cade Brock looked fantastic. He just killed Mark Gray. But then um, – the guy at 197, uh, Preston Weigel. Uh, the Kent, the Cornell guy, did you watch this match? No, I didn't. Okay, listen to this, Tommy. And you're going to be like, what in the hell? So, it's 0-0. Weigel's ranked, what, 5th or something? 5th or 6th, somewhere in there. And this Cornell guy is not ranked. And this Cornell guy, it goes 0-0. This Cornell guy puts a mean ride on him. He gets the full ride out, 2 minutes, and he gets a stall point, Tommy. So he's essentially... I, I'm, I'm, I'm just... Yeah. He's essentially up two to nothing. Tommy, he chooses top. And what happens? The Oklahoma State dude gets out in three seconds. He gets the takedown and he wins 3-2. Like, are you oh freaking kidding me? You freaking <laughs> choose bottom. You gotta know you ain't getting turned. You know, at that level of wrestling, if you're gonna get turned... You, you know, you need to really start working on your bottom position because that's embarrassing. Um, oh, you choose gosh. bottom, and you stall out. If you must, you stall it out, right? Yeah. I mean, you're, right. up, you're up by two points. Come on. How can you not? So uh, I got a funny top-bottom story. You want to hear it? Oh, God, sure. So Gray Maynard, you know who Gray Maynard is. Yeah. He's a three, three-time All-American at Michigan State, famous UFC fighter. I hope our, our listeners out there know who he is. I went up, I was like, a, I think I was a sophomore in high school at the time. Yeah, I was a sophomore in high school at the time. And uh, everyone was excited about Gray Maynard versus Keaton Anderson in the state of Ohio. You know Keaton there. Yeah, um, he was a Michigan State guy. Keaton went to Ohio State with me. Oh, I'm sorry, um, you're right. But anyways, at the yeah. time, they were both, you know, whatever, big-time guys. And everyone was looking forward to this match, and they got to the Medina Final, which is a Christmas tournament in Ohio, big tournament. And Maynard was beating... Keaton Anderson going into the third period by like three or four, and Keaton was known to have a really, really, really good cradle on top. And Maynard chooses down going into the third period. Not not the best choice, but at the same time, they've never wrestled. Yeah. And Maynard's a great wrestler, so hey, I'm going to go down and get, get my point, even though he didn't need it, right? Mm-hmm. So Keaton cradles him three times and beats them by like six points in the Medina Finals. Wow. And everyone's like, oh, Maynard's, Maynard's going to win the state finals if that does thing. And, um, you know, it, it, everyone's talking, you know, back and yeah. forth. Yeah. It, gets to the, it gets to the state finals, okay? The most anticipated match is Maynard going to beat Anderson. He was beating him going into the third period of the Medina Finals. You know, the whole, the whole you know, 11,000-person arena is waiting for this match. Same exact thing happens then. Maynard gets a four- or five-point lead going into the third period. No, he, he didn't choose choice. down. It's his choice. So please tell me, Tommy, if this story if this story ends up with him choosing bottom. Listen, listen. So the St. Ed's coaches are telling him neutral, and he's looking at them with this with this face like I'm going down. And the coaches are going neutral, neutral. They're making the neutral side. He's like I'm going down. <laughs> <laughs> he went down, got cradled three times, and lost the match. You gotta be shitting me, Tommy. Not kidding you. Not kidding you, man. <laughs> but that's, come on. Oh, I'm not kidding you. Yep. yep. And then, you know, they're, they're actually uh, both friends of mine. From the story, but I mean, so I what remember is, what watching. So what does Gray it. say about it now? 
I haven't spoken to him. I've never spoken to him about it. We gotta call but him. I remember- we have to get him on the show and ask him that question. How do you feel about the fact that you chose down in the state finals? Yeah, because he's fine now, obviously. So yeah, he's fine. <laughs> Anyways, uh, they both had good college careers, though. Yeah, Gray was a three-time All-American at Michigan State. Anderson was only a one-time All-American, but he would have won the national title or should have, could have, would have won the national He was the number one seed in wrestling great and blew his knee out and got sixth. So, Yeah, I remember that. Um, you know, uh, you want to hear another another top bottom story. You know, our friend Shane Sparks knew who that is, right? Oh, yeah. So he's telling me this whole thing about... Shane Sparks is a really, like, subdued, quiet guy that is not very excited. Ha! <laughs> yeah, so you, so you can get the picture, right? He's telling me this. We're eating a hamburger, and he's telling me this. You remember the NCAAs in 2010, and I was, you know, and I was actually coaching Oklahoma, Arizona State, and so I obviously I remember. He's like, and he was telling me this story about how Robles is seated number one and McDonough is seated number two, or yeah, I can't remember which way it is. And the whole story is, I'm thinking he's making this point about why they should be seated differently, right? And all of a sudden he goes, well, why did, why did Robles choose down in the third period? And I said, Shane, he's up eight to two. He's a college wrestler. He knows he's not getting turned. If he chooses top, you know, because he's already dominated. But one of, one of Anthony's issues was because he couldn't use his legs to ride, he only had to use his hands, right? Right. Well, you felt that in your when you've had to ride someone. Well, you never rode anyone, so I don't know if you had this feeling, Tommy. But when you <laughs> ride someone really hard and your forearms get exhausted. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking I've about? I've been there. Okay. Yeah, I've been there, yeah. So that's what would happen with Anthony. And so the longer it went in a match – he was generally less effective because his arms were just going to go tired because he couldn't really use his hips and his legs to ride like a lot of people no, do. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, I, you know, for me, it was a perfectly logical choice for him to choose bottom because if he chooses top and McDonough gets an escape, now it's 8-3. to three. If he gets a takedown, it's 8-5, and we actually got a match here, right? Well, right. if he chooses bottom and McDonough cuts him, which he, he did eventually do, that is nine two to take down. It's nine four. That's still kind of there's some distance there. You know what I'm saying? It's right, a two right, point right, swing. Right. So I so I made that point to Shane, and Shane thought I was so wrong, and I was being an idiot. And he thought that Anthony Robles should have chose top. Sense. I'm with you, brother. <laughs> you got my back. I got your back. So if you that's ever if you ever see you. Shane, and if anyone's listening to this podcast, if you guys see Shane, tell him that Robles should have chose top. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so then tell us what three. your three is. Well, ours is the same. Okay, well then tell them what our three is. <laughs> well, our number three, both of our number threes, which we came to at independent conclusions. Hey, I actually, I actually think it's impressive that we have the same top five. We do, yeah, and, and our, our number one and twos are flip flopped, um, and our number gotcha. fours and fives, but we're pretty damn close. Um, you know, that's kind of our show. I think maybe we're too like minded. If we argued a little more, it might be more fun. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. But my number three, as well as yours, was Helen Maroulis taking the gold medal, the first American woman to ever win an Olympic gold medal. Hey, we've never had her on the show. Why don't we have her on the show sometime, Tommy? Because we're, we're, we're morons. What the hell? That's why. Okay. Um, or I'm we'll, just we'll get before you made the comment. Well, we, have we had, well, we've had Burroughs on the show. We've had Snyder on the show. We've had Adeline. Great had on Adeline. The show. Yeah, she didn't make our top five. Yeah, we really goofed that up, man. We really messed that up. Let's get her on the show. Get her on the show. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, and I think that a lot of people thought she was the underdog to the Japanese lady. I can't recall her name right now. Um, Yoshida. Yoshida. And and so uh, Helen wrestled an awesome match all the way, well, really an awesome tournament, all the way through. Um, Strong, aggressive, tenacious, and, and gets it done. Makes history. Um, and I think that's definitely the number three, especially since it was the the first woman to win an Olympic gold medal. I agree. I, I think more than the actual wrestling that was on the mat that I only watched a little bit of just because of my schedule and stuff, I think that her win is symbolic American wrestling, female. I think the way she's conducted herself since winning um, is pretty impressive, and it's just good for American wrestling to have some diversity in who's successful um, and I think it's a good thing, and it deserves to be right up there as one of the top stories. Most definitely. And so, hey, you know, I think while we're talking about the story, Tommy, how could the Japanese women be so darn good? 
I mean, do you watch them? They won. I was watching them in this uh, non-Olympic weight world championships. I believe they won both gold. Um, don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll have to Google it here. Um, but how can they be so dominant in women's wrestling and so average in men's wrestling? System, How's that possible? System. It's, 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 it's like, um, but why don't they put the system women's... into men's? Well, it's like men's soccer and women's soccer in the U.S. Same exact thing. Same exact thing, actually. And it's just, you know, they've adopted a good system that's superior. But wouldn't that be, wouldn't the men's and women's soccer thing because, be because most uh, elite males play other sports? You know, it could be uh, it could be just a greater point of emphasis for the governing body. Think so? Um, well, Japan's a fairly democratic society, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, maybe a, they just make. I think they're they maybe are they just fairly sexist, though. Um, you know, it's more male dominant society. That's a good point. I don't even want to get into all that because I'm just out of school, but. Did you but watch this? And wait, I, I'm sorry. Let's not get political, Tommy. But did you watch this MTV news video that everyone that's going viral? You're off social media, so you probably didn't see it. What's going viral? There's this video. Uh, let me find the title of it. Um, I saw a video of a guy hitting a golf club on some ice, and then he fell through the ice. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, oh, it's called "Hey White Guys," right? It's this MTV news video. And it was such garbage. And it said white guy resolutions for 2017. And it pretty much bashed on white men. And it's and I just got this feeling like if any if you would have done this about any other specific gender and race, uh, you would have got freaking yeah. I gotta watch that. Crushed. Watch that. It was just ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Uh, and someone made the joke that this video is so bad that Trump's now got a second term for sure. <laughs> oh gosh! I gotta watch. I gotta, gotta watch. You gotta see it. Um, All right. So Helen's number three, far and away one of the top stories of the year. Great stuff. Boom. Oh wait, hold on. I'm looking up the women right now. What the freak? Okay, the Japanese women. They won one of the weight classes. Oh, and they lost for bronze in the other weight class. So they did not. Allie Reagan That's took. Allie <laughs> Reagan took silver at 60 kilo. Fantastic. Allison McKenzie Reagan. Um, okay, number two. Go for it. So, I think that we all know that one of our top two each would be Kyle Snyder winning the Olympic gold. Let's just talk about that. Okay. And then we'll talk about the other one. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think it's obvious that leaving leaving out, you know, the fact that Snyder won the gold is, you know, we should just talk about that. Go and then for it. Leave the last one. Well, it's not. Even let's start two. with let's start with a day in the Ohio State wrestling room. A young Kyle Snyder comes in there and yeah, challenges just, the old well, buck, yeah. Tommy yeah, Rollins. So and Tommy passes there, the torch. There was this time where we had a guy. His name was Kyle. He um, he made the world team and won the world championships in Vegas. Nobody thought it would happen and. It was kind of a fluky type of deal. And um, I wanted to get in there and make him believe that, you know, it's not a fluke. And Wait, um, You wrestled him before that, that or after could, the Worlds? It was close. He was a world champion. Oh, already. I thought it was I just before. Want, I, wanted, I thought it was yeah, before. But, yeah, so I just wanted him to know that, you know, it wasn't a fluke. And so I let him torture me in a wrestling match. To boost his confidence, and because of that, he went on to be an Olympic champion. So, did you never, did you never wrestle him prior to that? No, I had never. Really, I'd never once, and we drew. Well, you're, never you're, once. That's not smart, Tommy. You should have went and got your got your whooping on him when he was just coming in there, fresh meat. You know. I know. And then bad. and then just claim that forever. I got smacked around. It was not fun. Well, if he was already a world champ, that's fair enough. I got to train for Midlands in 2017. Tommy, we only have 12 months and two weeks. No, Midlands 2017. Yeah, 12 months and two weeks. Oh, 12 months and two weeks. Yeah, I told Tommy that we were coming. (laughs) I'm in, man. I'm in. So, yeah, so Snyder winning the gold at his age, the way that he did it, you know, uh, it's one of the top two stories in wrestling this year. Yeah, um... I, I put it at number two just because the the number one story for me is so 
the reach is so large in it. Yeah. Um, but I know, know Kyle Snyder, the youngest youngest to ever win a world championship, the youngest to ever win an Olympic championship. Um, and obviously he also factored into one of our other top five stories was his win over Nick Wazdowski, which was another amazing moment of 2016. So, um, I mean, you know, he's like, if we, if we give away a person, yeah, person or wrestler of the year, he's like the wrestler of the year. That's for sure. Got it. Yeah. You're making me feel like I should have put this one story or about to talk about it. My number one too. Well, yeah. Um, and so now it's going to be, you know, kind of like Burroughs, but I don't think there's the same urgency on Snyder just because he just got it done. But um, it will be interesting, interesting to see um, what kind of pace Kyle Snyder can keep because, you know, right now he's on pace to be the greatest of all time. And, yep. you know, if he can keep that pace through the next cycle, uh, he is going to, in fact, be the greatest of all time. So you know, he's in, in, in an instance, cha- you know, chasing destiny – um, and, and seeing if he can do that. So it's kind of like there's now a microscope on, on every move he makes. And obviously he took some losses at the Club Cup. But we, we did see that last year before the Olympics. And he still you know came up clutch at the Olympics. So, But I think everyone's going to be following um, his every single move. No doubt. No doubt. I'm with you. I think that um, it's good that he hasn't created a gap between him and the rest of the world yet. Um, I think it's going to keep him humble, keep him hungry, keep the spotlight somewhat off of him, if that makes any sense, which will help him, you know, uh, mentally adjust to the to the uh, personality that he has now in the wrestling community, whether he likes it or not. And so I think it's good for him that he's not, you know, it's almost like Burroughs got on the scene, um, Ben, and he was basically dominant. And yeah. yeah. I think that the slower progression of Kyle Snyder towards creating a gap between him and his opponents, if it ever does happen, is going to serve him well. Yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I think I would definitely agree with that statement. Sometimes, sometimes the bumps in the road do more good than damage, right? Right, right. Um, All right, man. Let's do it with the one remaining big story in the global wrestling. Hold on, hold on. I gotta get my notes. I made notes on this one. You, can you can you do a monologue for a minute or something? Yeah. Or I'll, I'll just Google so, I, I can Google it again. Go so ahead. The story, the, the biggest story in the global wrestling community this year, some of you might know what we're about to say. Some of you are like, what the heck could be bigger than all this stuff they've mentioned? And, and, it, and Ben and I are in, in complete agreement is the factual support from multiple sources, both legitimate and hearsay, of rampant drug use, performance-enhancing drug use in Eastern European wrestling countries. Rampant. Rampant. I mean, rampant. so I mean, so obviously there was the McLaren report, uh, which I think finally stated that around a thousand athletes were using PEDs, which is like that's I mean just just everybody, um, and the amount of effort they went in to change out these vials and everything, it was like oh my god. But then, even with all of that system in place, how many of these guys still got caught and and still gave their medals away? And we're not talking we're talking about all time greats, Tommy. We're talking I mean, about Artur Taimazov. Um, Kudakov. Uh, well, they, they they gave it back. That's anyway, bullshit. Yeah. He failed. Take yeah. his medal. Yep, exactly. Yep. Um, Soslan, Tajiev, two-time Olympic medalist. Uh, I mean, you know, all these guys. Um, Asep Mambatov. Let's just add to the significance of popping these guys um, retroactively. The only event that holds drug test samples is an Olympic event. Okay? So WADA and USADA, you know, have their own policies. But the only reason we these guys got retroactively popped is from their Olympic samples. Yeah. Now, if we had samples from all of the world championships, all of the Olympics, all of the, uh, all continental, cha- all of the continental championships, the Russian nationals, you know, the, the freaking winter tour tournaments, all of this stuff, it would be literally been times 20. 
Uh, I mean, it would just be everybody. I mean, it's essentially, yeah, right? And so what, it, what we need to, like, get at is we need to admit that there well, is I mean, a culture, is a culture of PED use in Eastern European countries. Sure. And, well, the, the issue here, Tommy, is that USADA, who, who for those of you who don't know, is the United States Anti-Doping Agency, they're trying to catch us. You know, if you and I are Olympic athletes, um, and, and which, which we so, both were, so. they were coming to our house, knocking on our door, asking us to piss, taking our blood at all kinds of hours of the day. They were trying to catch us. They were trying to find out who was using, right? But man, did you ever did you ever get so mad and frustrated with them that you would try to hold your pee in as long as you could just to make them mad? You didn't do that. Oh yeah, I did a couple. No, times. you didn't. Yeah, it's like Why? you come to my house at seven o'clock. Why? I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna ruin your day. But then, didn't you also have things to do? No, I had some things to do, but it'd just be annoying. It's like whatever. I used. I did it at the training center one time because I was really bored. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna hold this in as long as I can. <laughs> uh, no, would they get? Would they, they tell you like, come on, man? I know you. Got, I know you got to pee. Like you have drank water for six hours. I did the best uh, I could. Uh, at any rate, keep going. Wow, that that that's a good time. You got any other stories? No, not, the, not, the worst not one like for that. me was, um, well, you know, in our in our day, um, you actually had to fill out a paper form, right? Uh, right. Which now, now it's all electronic, to my understanding. But you had to fill out a paper form three months in advance, so for the entire quarter, right? You had to fill yeah, out yeah, your quarterly, your quarterly quarterly whereabouts forms. <laughs> yeah. Detailing exactly when you would be at practice, when you'd be at your house, when right. you'd be here. And it's like, Tommy, you don't know your schedule three months ahead of time. Nobody does, right? Yeah. I had I had a missed test because I went to visit my sister in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was not on my whereabouts form, and they came to get me, and I had a missed test because they came to my house and I wasn't there. And if you get two missed tests, it's a positive. Yeah, and that, and that was what happened to me. I had a... I had someone, it was Coach Smith or someone was up in the wrestling room, you know, because yeah, a couple of days a week I put out work out at this time and, you know, I had something come up or, I, you know, who knows what I was doing. You were and, slacking. It's well, okay. slacking, that wasn't part of my arsenal back in uh, 2008. That, <laughs> now that might be the case, but then was definitely right, not right. the case. Uh, but, yeah, they said, hey, man, you, the, the, the USADA guys up here, they said you got half an hour to get here to miss test. You know, so it was just. It, it was a nightmare. It was yeah. a very difficult system. So, you know, that's what we were competing under. Now, over and in we're Russia. we're still competing under. And we're still competing yeah. under. In Russia and these other places, Rusad is trying to help them cheat. They're, they're yep. telling them how to pass the tests. I mean, they're doing all this crazy stuff for them. Um, and so it's definitely not it's not a level playing field. And, you know, Chael Sonnen always makes the point in his podcast, like we were taught from – the day you know that Russians were the best at wrestling because they won the most medals. Well, that's not the case. They've just been cheating. Are they really better than us? We're not really sure because they've been cheating the whole time, and it's not really a level playing field. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's it's not just Russia now because of the breakup of the Soviet Union. Yeah, it is a rampant culture of performance enhancing drug use. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. Could, I could tell you right here. Let's see. Uh, an Azerbaijan guy got caught. A Kazakhstan guy got caught. Uh, a Belarusian got caught. And this is obviously just wrestling. There's a lot of other sports here. Right. Um, a Russian guy was caught. A Swedish guy was caught. Um, where else? Uh, Uzbekistan was caught. So, yeah, it, Tommy, to your point, it's all of those countries. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, but how, how do you? Because I don't, I, you know, if, if the tests are only at the World Championships, um, you're not going to clean it up because they're going to they're gonna use and then – you know, if they get off for a little cycle bit, off. cycle off, yeah. it's not a big deal. So unless you really have um, someone who's actually trying to catch them, right? Rusada is not trying to catch them. They really aren't. Right. Um, I know. So I agree. Unless you have someone who's actually trying to catch them, how are you going to fix this problem? Because these guys are all getting leg up in. Um, I've never personally used PEDs, but from from you know people who I know who have – it's a gigantic advantage. I mean, it's a gigantic advantage. And so, to Chael's point, are, are these guys um, really better wrestlers than us, or are they, do they just have a huge advantage because they're using? Well, I think I think they're obviously great wrestlers, but the, you know, we all know that the that level of wrestling, any level 
of any sport at the global, you know, best on the planet level, it is a game of inches. And, I mean, being a little bit stronger, a little bit more explosive, a little bit more in shape than the other guy is the difference. It, yeah. it can be the difference. And so to say that, to say that it didn't, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It does matter. It absolutely does matter. Yeah. So, and and you know, to I, um to that point, you know, a lot of people. I was just telling someone about how many people used the other night, and uh, you know, to a lot of people think steroids. Oh, that all that does is make you big and strong. No, that's that's not the case. There are uh, you know so many different kinds of steroids that do so many different things, and and just gives you huge um, benefits in the sport of wrestling because you know, and and if you look through the, the stuff, you can see because. Uh, the metal stripped, a lot of them are weightlifting, a lot of them are track and field, and all different kinds right. of track and field, right? It's not just the sprint events, it's, it's the distance, it's the right. throwing, it's it's everything. So st- steroids is a kind of a general term, performance-enhancing drugs is probably what we should use. Um, they give you all kinds of different advantages. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's like Lance Armstrong, um, you know, doing the PDs because he felt like, you know, at least according to him, he felt like he lived in a culture of PDs on the Tour de France type deal. And it's like when you think about the, the 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 majority of the people that you have to beat to be called the best wrestler on the planet, you've got to go through guys that are doing PEDs. Yeah, 100%. and and probably a lot you know, of them because there's a lot of former Soviet countries. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we can get into that one later. Even though the old timers are going to say it was harder. In the seventies and eighties, and they walked uphill to school both ways, and all that stuff. But Insanity. I mean, yeah. Um. So the, the unfortunate part, obviously, about this story is we haven't heard the last of it, and they're going to keep using. Well, and really, really, that that pass that the IOC gave them, right when the IOC said we're not suspending Russia, um, then when they gave them that pass. To me, but that, they, but that they was suspended like, the Paralympic team, Ben. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was like, hey, do, guys, do, well, whatever, I think, do whatever I think you want. Just reasons, don't get caught. I think one of the reasons this is, you know, I should have put it the biggest story of the year. It was stupid that I did that. But anyways, you know, my scarlet and gray colored glasses. But, sure, that's fair. Um, the, the, one of the reasons, the reason it's the biggest story, though, is because of all of the stories that come from the root, the, the original story, which is PD, is, you know, how the UWW handled this, how the IOC handled this, what are the, what is, what is the impact of these countries and their performance going forward? What are the repercussions? What, what does it do to the, to the purity of the sport? Like, there's so many conversations we can have from this knowledge that it's like, it's, it's the biggest story of the year because there's like 10 different ways to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and that's that's, um, oh man, that's kind of the sad part about it too, right? Is that we do have to discuss this, and the Olympics are supposed to be about the purity of competition, which the IOC makes me sick, also. Uh, and and we're discussing, you know, the literally the biggest story of the year. And I don't know that there's a lot of arguing about it, Tommy. I mean, you could try to look around it if you don't really want to see it. But I don't see how you don't say this is the biggest story of the year when you when you're talking about when you're talking about the names that we were talking about that were implicated in this. Um, there's really no way to say it wasn't the biggest story. Yeah, well, I think one one thing that makes me a little bit uh, nervous is not the right words, but apprehensive to say it's the biggest story of the year is it should be the biggest story of the year. But it's kind of like when you hear about some guy from some country that you can't pronounce getting popped for drug use eight years ago. Yeah. You know, unless you're unless you're in the eye of the hurricane of wrestling world, which you and I are in, Ben, we, we're zealots, or you're a journalist, or you're like in that, you know, crazy wrestling following type of group. I mean, you're going to read that headline on your Flow Wrestling email, and it's just going to kind of be like white noise, maybe. Like, it's like, yeah, some guys from Azerbaijan <laughs> got, you know what I mean? Like, to some people, it's not, it just doesn't hit home with them. But to us, we competed against these guys. We tried to beat these guys. We beat some of them, lost some of them, whatever it is. And it's the, it's the highest level in the sport. And it's like, this is, this is the pinnacle of wrestling and the most dominant region on planet Earth in the sport yep. has a rampant performance-enhancing drug culture. And that is that is why it's the biggest story, 
I'm just concerned that maybe other people might not see it that way. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think, well, like I said, I think if you're as involved as we are, I, I think that's how you have to see it. Maybe if you're on the fringe, you don't see it that way. You just saw Kyle Snyder win the Olympic gold and, and Helen Marulis win the Olympic gold, and you call those the number one and two. Um, but I, th- I think if you're as deep in as we are, I, th- I think it has to be seen as the number one because um, you know that is the highest level of our sport, and Russia has been the dominant country for ever, you know, for as long as we can remember. Um, so I, I th- you know, I think it is 100 percent, Tommy. So hey, you know, you know another story that uh, we left out of the top five, and it I don't might know what. might even need to be in the top five. Another negative one is the officiating at the Olympics. Oh, corruption. Tommy, did you see my tweet the other day? These idiots. Nah, man, I'm, at... I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little social media fasting, brother. For how long? No, I'm not really. I'm just, I just don't keep the apps on my phone. Okay. And uh, I just get on, I get on at night and read okay. um, on my laptop. So. Well, all the time, right? Um, all the time on Instagram... UWW puts up these posts that say integrity. And I am just thinking, like, what in the hell are they – who are they trying to fool? Like, you know, you could say a lot of things about the UWW, but integrity is not one of them. Right, and, uh, right, they right. are constantly making – I'm trying to find them right now. Um, they're kind of – they're constantly making these posts. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, I mean, literally, Tommy – all the time about integrity. Right. What are they right. talking about? They're like they're the maybe behind the IOC. They're the second most non uh, integrity having, non integrity possessing. <laughs> I don't know, how, how do you say that? You know, I don't you know. know what I'm saying. Too late, man. They don't have any freaking <laughs> integrity. They're jackasses. The refs, the refs are cheating. They're freaking. They're, everyone's on steroids. Well, that's just, that was a big story, but the, but the, doesn't take the cake on the PED story. You're right. All right, now now I'm adequately depressed, Tommy, because um, UWW. And on that note, <laughs> okay. So hey, let's catch our let's catch our listeners up. Um, so we are obviously Christmas is this weekend. That's fantastic. Hopefully, you're getting your kids a lot of presents. We're gonna take next week off, kind of. We're gonna do a show right after the Midlands, and we're also gonna do a show right after. The Scuffle, which are kind of back-to-back. That's the 29th and 30th for the Midlands. The first and the second for the Scuffle. Um, obviously, there's going to be really no wrestling in the next six days or so um, before that. So I, you know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot to talk about. But we're going to have a huge amount of wrestling to talk about with those two events happening. No doubt. No doubt. So I'm excited. I think the Scuffle obviously is a little deeper. I just looked at the Midlands um, top wrestlers. And you know, there should be some really good matches there that I'm excited about. Um, so you know, we'll we'll recap those two events. Uh, you got anything else for these guys, Tommy? No, man. I don't know if you remember in the first part of the episode, but thank you, Defense Soap. Thank you, Dolomer. Uh, without our sponsors, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this once a week. So, I mean, obviously, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. Thank you, guys. All right, Tommy. Let's call that. Let's call that the show. You have a great episode Christmas. fifty-three. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy it with your family, and we will see you guys right after the Midlands. All right, brother. Sounds good. See ya. You are listening to the T-Row and Funky Show, brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built.